The Middle East has its own world of ghosts and ghouls, all of which are no stranger to haunting people like you. This world is a strange one. Every culture has its own urban legends and ghost stories. Today, we're going to take a look at the horrors of the Middle East, a mixing pot of dozens of different cultures, all with their very own versions of nightmare fuel. So sit back and relax as I share with you these allegedly true and terrifying ghost stories from the Middle East. Remember, you can send me your true scary stories with the links in the description. Also, this video is a little shorter than usual, but it's a topic I've been wanting to cover. Number one, it enjoys scaring me. Submitted by His Rules. To start off, I live in Pakistan, and our version of ghosts isn't exactly spirits. More so, we believe they're their own species. You don't need to know the layout of the house because the events took place in two places. Now to begin the story, I used to get scared in my house. I know it sounds like a lot to take in, but I swear to God, I remember it vividly. I would often see a seven foot tall figure stalking me around the house. I can even remember it wearing a shalwar gamise. It had a black face with no features and it was barefoot. Its feet were solid black as well, pitch black like its face. It'd be there for only a few seconds, then disappear. Even when it appeared so clearly to me like that, it was gone so fast that even I doubted my sanity. I wasn't sure if I was seeing anything at all or if it was some sort of ghostly hallucination. One event I remember is this time the bathroom door shut on its own. I was in the room next to the bathroom, so I went to investigate and I soon heard something scratching the door from the other side, like a desperate animal trapped. Call me a coward, but I freaked out. I went back to my room and shut and locked the door, trying to pretend that the scratching noise wasn't really happening. But if it wasn't really happening, then that didn't explain the fact that my mother heard it too. After she heard that, she was scared enough to start setting up pages with Ayat al karsi written on them everywhere. This script keeps the ghosts at bay, supposedly. And to be honest, I didn't see the figure as much anymore after that but the worst was yet to come. Now, my brother is a more logical person, and this happened after we set up the papers and scripts everywhere. We didn't place them in the yards and the paths connecting to the house, though. One night, we thought it'd be fun to sleep in the front yard, and it would save on electricity. So, while my brother was sleeping out there, something tapped his head. When he opened his eyes, he expected to see me, but it wasn't me. Whatever it was, was my height and was actually wearing my clothes. But just like the figure before, its face was featureless and pitch black. And at the same time, my brother heard me snoring and looked over 
to see me fast asleep on the ground. Whatever this was, it wasn't me, and it most certainly wasn't human. My brother hunkered back down, pretending to be asleep, but this entity knew better. The inhuman creature bent down and put its faceless face into my brother's face and began to stare at him. It wanted his attention, so it tapped his head again, trying to get him to look at it. My brother closed his eyes, more scared than he's ever been in his life. He broke out in a cold sweat and could feel the thing's presence inches from his face. And then suddenly, he heard it growling, growling inches from him like some sort of crazed animal. Luckily, only a few moments later, it disappeared. The sounds were gone and he no longer felt the presence of the thing before him, but he was too scared to open his eyes and too scared to actually fall asleep. In the morning during breakfast, he told everyone his encounter. After a moment of silence, my mother admitted to hearing something walking around us while we were sleeping, and she couldn't sleep as well. A few years passed after this incident, and only one more alarming thing has happened. One day, my cousin and I were talking in my room when we were startled at three deliberate knocks on my window. The path that connects the yard outside is just out my window. We paused for a moment, not sure if it was just an animal or something else, but of course, it came again three more slow and deliberate knocks. There were curtains blocking the window, so curiously, I went over to see who was knocking. I thought it would be my brother. Maybe he was trying to freak us out or he needed something. As I approached the curtains, I yelled out to him just in case it was him to stop it. But whatever it was replied with three more knocks. I was right upon the curtains then so all at once I opened them and what I saw horrified me. It wasn't my brother. All I could see were two massive red eyes staring into my soul. My cousin screamed behind me and ran out of the room, but I was frozen in fear, looking back at whatever this thing may be. Suddenly, my dad walked into the room behind me my cousin apparently went to get him, and as soon as I blinked, the creature, the eyes, they were gone. I was left there cold, scared, and covered in goosebumps. They are beings that live alongside us, but sometimes they aren't so neighborly. Number two. My experience with the djinn, submitted by the Sudanese guy. Djinn are a part of the Islamic religion. They are sentient beings that exist on a different plane, but can interact and affect ours pretty frequently. They are often our explanation for the paranormal or strange scary encounters in Islam. 
They are also known to mess around with people just for fun. For example, footsteps from within your home when you're alone. It might be a djinn. Today, I'm going to go in depth about my experience with a certain djinn, but also give you some info about what djinn are. There are five types of djinn that I will briefly go over. First, we have the Marid. They are considered to be the strongest of the five. They are your traditional genie-in-a-bottle type of Arabic folktale creatures. And secondly, we have the Afrit. These guys are the smartest of the bunch. They live in complex societies like ours. They are known to shapeshift and trick and scam others. Then there are ghouls. This tribe is native to Europe and North America. They are undead, and they are known to eat human flesh. The ghouls are nocturnal and pretty dumb. They're not the most dangerous, but you wouldn't want to catch them in the dark in an alleyway at three in the morning. Then there's the Sila, which is what I believe I encountered. These djinn are the most talented at shapeshifting and usually appear in black animals like dogs, sheep, spiders, snakes, and others. And almost all around the world, these types of black animals are associated with bad omens. Then finally, there's the Vitala. These are your traditionally classic vampiric creatures with psychic abilities. They're native to the South Indo areas of Asia. However, Vitala can also change shape at will. They are thought to be natural psychics, able to foretell the future and gain insight into the past as well as read the thoughts of others. Now, jinn usually prefer to be unseen and live in secluded areas like caves, landfills, lesser populated areas like woods, mountains, or dirty haunted neighborhoods. They are capable of possessing people and entering dreams. They can physically change the room temperature, either extremely hot or cold, and they're capable of influencing people without them even knowing it. Now onto my quick experience. When I was visiting my family in a village in Sudan, it was night and I was trying to sleep. At the time, the heat was absolutely fuming outside, around 120 degrees. I heard dogs barking far away and I didn't really think much of it. It's a pretty common thing, albeit annoying. Slowly, the barking got closer and closer, and eventually, the barking seemed to be just outside. I got up, wanting to know what all the neighbor's dogs were barking about, what was drawing all their attention and keeping me awake all night. When I peeked outside, I saw something bizarre and terrifying out of the corner of my eye. At first, I thought it was a dog, it was shaped like a dog. It got a bit closer, causing more and more of the local dogs to go crazy. The thing moved in silence, and every time I blinked or looked to the side, the creature would be closer, and the barking would be closer. Before I knew it, and to my extreme disliking, the thing was only seven feet away from me. Now horrified, and too curious for my own good, I picked up my nearby glasses and looked back at the creature, and it was now only a few feet away. It startled me, 
and I finally got a good look at it. It was no dog. This was no creature I've seen before. It was merely dog-like in shape and nothing more. Its chest was bulky and its legs were more like arms in the front. And then all at once, the creature stood up on two legs. My mouth opened wide at how big and tall this thing was and all around me, the nearby dogs were going crazy. But as quickly as it came, it was gone. It bounded away into the distance to the left, leaving me there to feel lucky that I was still alive and not some midnight snack. But now that I'm more level-headed and calm after the situation, I realize it was one of the shape-shifting djinn and that it may not have wanted to eat me, of course, but it would have been very happy to see me scared. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Number three, Iraq Demon, submitted by Enrico S. I was a US Marine from 2004 to 2009, and I have a story to share with you. My unit had taken over a building near Al-Assad, Iraq, and I was one of the guards left on duty for the night. This happened during the rainy season, and the wooden doors that were the entrance to the building were swollen and were very loud and difficult to open. Think of the building layout as two capital H's. Anyway, I was reading a book on Eastern espionage at the time, and all the other Marines had gone off to bed. I got up to tour the area and eventually came back to where I'd just been sitting and I started to read again. That's when I noticed that after I'd started reading, 
I'd already read this page, so I skipped ahead to where I was. I just thought I misplaced my page marker. Another 15 minutes or so pass by. I get up and put my book down to do another perimeter check. Everything's quiet and calm. After it was completed, I sat down and started reading again. And once more, it was on another page that I'd already read through. I don't believe in coincidence, so now my mind is thinking I'm either completely tired or someone else is in here with me, maybe someone playing a friendly prank on me or someone trying to hide and either harm me or steal information. If there was someone like that in the building with us, we weren't safe and I needed to do something about it. I got up and toured the area again, keeping a close eye and ear out for any strange activity and movement. But before I ever got up, I placed my pen in the book between pages 186 and 187, and I took a mental note of that, repeating it to myself several times in my head. This wasn't something I was going to forget. Slowly, I did my perimeter check, and there was nothing up. No movements, no sounds, nothing strange at all. I began to disbelieve my paranoia, so I sat back down and picked up my book, and I opened it up to the page I left the pin in, only to see that the pages read 182 and 183. Goosebumps flooded over me. I was on edge. I was completely alert now. We weren't alone. There was someone or something here with us, or someone was playing a prank on me, and I really wasn't in the mood for it. Suddenly, whatever it was decided to make itself heard, because the sound of someone walking in one of the rooms nearby in heavy boots erupted. I started around the entire building again, this time with my M4 ready and my flashlight on full power. I called out a warning. I see you. Come out or I'm going to shoot. But no one came out. No one responded, and when I entered the room, it was empty. But I kept hearing that faint, echoing footfall, but never found anyone. There wasn't any place to hide in this place, really, and if all the rooms were empty, and so were the hallways, what was I searching for? After about 15 minutes of looking, I started around one of the hallway corners, when I noticed in the reflection of one of the windows that there was someone standing just around the next corner. My adrenaline was pumping at this point. I was ready for a confrontation. I prepared myself and my weapon, and all at once, I burst around the corner, aiming my rifle, and yelled, stop, as loud as I could. But the hallway was empty. But, but I'd just seen someone in the reflection. I honestly felt like I was losing it. I became very tense, and I felt a chill in the air. I sat down once more, trying to figure out what could be going on. I rubbed my eyes and scratched my head. Night was calm once more, silent. Just as I was about to shrug it off, I noticed a flickering in my peripherals. Movement. I snapped my head over in the direction. There was a door that led outside, 
and those doors each had a 12 by 12 diamond shaped window. And in one of those windows, just on the outside, I saw a face. I recognized that face. It was a friend of mine, or it used to be. You see, that person had been killed by an IED. My jaw hung open slack, and I didn't understand how I was seeing this. Then the face just disappeared. There was no ducking away or moving to the side. It was there for a solid five seconds. I stared into his eyes, and then it was gone. They were gone. I jumped from my seat, kicked the swollen doors open, and looked around outside. There was no one there. Now, there was sand raked all around the building. It acted as a way to identify people's footprints in case someone came too close. If someone walked up to our building, our safe haven for the time being, they would leave footprints, and we would know they were there. But the sand, despite seeing that face right against the window, it showed no sign of disturbance. And from the ground to the roof was about 13 feet, so unless I was dealing with an Olympic pole vaulter, there was no way this person or thing could have gotten away. That really shook me up. It messed me up for a while more than anything else over there. A couple of days later, I had to speak with our interpreter about it as I couldn't get it off of my mind. He didn't act surprised. He told me this place was holy land. The great patriarchs of the religion had walked these lands. Miracles and spells and curses had been wrought here. He went on to explain to me a demon that was said to be 17 feet tall and could shapeshift. He said that his brother was a captain in the Iraqi army and said he once saw this demon. It was sitting on a tall barrier on the side of the road at night. The creature's feet were so long, they were still touching the ground. And these barriers are a good 12 feet tall. He didn't have time to point it out to his men. Before he knew it, the thing was gone. The convoy went on and stopped at a hotel. As an officer, he had a room to himself, and that night, he woke up to see the same demon standing in his room, staring at him from across the way. He pulled out his sidearm and emptied the entire magazine into the thing. When his men heard the commotion, they burst in and turned on the lights. What they found was bullet casings littering the ground, and the captain was alone, staring at the wall in disbelief. The demon was gone, but somehow there were no bullet holes in the concrete wall. The Middle East is a very religious place, and nearly all religions believe in spirits, demons, or creatures that live alongside us. Some believe they hate humans and want to see us all dead. Others believe they want to simply be left alone or tease us if we ever get too bothersome. But one thing's for sure, in the Middle East, you might run into a spirit of your own. And whether you make it out alive is up to that very spirit that stands before you. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. 
And remember, you can send me your true scary stories anytime with the links in the description. As always, stay safe out there and stay creepy. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.